0: This episode is brought to you by Ravenheart Forge. I recently received a buckler by Ravenheart Forge. It is honestly one of the best I've ever seen. The etching is top-notch. I absolutely recommend anybody who wants a buckler visit www.ravenheartforge.com. <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Blades for Days, where we're going to be talking about swords and sword fighting and tournaments and fighting while being pregnant. I'm your host, Jordan, and joining me today is one of the top-ranked fencers in the world, Julia Ulihuka. Hey there, can you hear me? Oh, now I hear you in my head. Okay, great.
1: <laughs> it's not always easy, even if the pandemic has made me better at these things.
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm still rubbish at things like this. I actually sent the Zoom link to the wrong person. So if a friend of mine joins <laughs> us by accident, I'm going to just have to, like, politely kick him off. I'll be like, oh, I'm really sorry. Get out of here, you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the pandemic. I hadn't even heard of Zoom before the pandemic or, you know, or uh, any of the kind of, any of those rooms. because um, There's, like, I don't know, Pete I, I knew Skype and I knew WhatsApp and that was it. And I thought I was pretty technologically advanced, but, uh, you know, <laughs> nah.
1: <laughs> Me too. Skype was the only thing I knew uh, and uh, and then came everything else. And uh, I work in healthcare, so um, uh, we had actually an amount of work when we tried to, like, convert to digital meetings with our patients and so on. And suddenly I became from this noob on technology to the best one in the group. And it was like, I'm not that advanced in this. I apparently know a lot more than you do. <laughs> so it was an unusual experience.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really lucky. I've got, um, I've got a student and a friend called Ben. Um, and uh, he runs the website for the academy and pretty much... Runs maybe like thirty percent of my life as well. Um, so if ever I've got a question or a problem or whatever, I just call him up. I mean, so speaking of like technology, something I did recently, and I keep complaining about it because it's it's a living nightmare. Is um, I I set up a TikTok account. Um, mm. I don't know if you've ever been on there, but it's horrible. It's it's a horrible <laughs> app. It's like it's so. Everybody on there is so obnoxious, um, you know, in the comment section and stuff like that, and uh, and it's so noisy. Like every video is really noisy. It's like being, it's like being locked in, um, like like in an ambulance or a nightclub, filled with really annoying people, and you know they just keep playing the Mortal Combat theme tune from the movie just over and over again. It's it's horrible. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm My not mind. good at it, to be honest. But um, how's <laughs> lockdown been for you? How have you? Um, how has your training been? How have you been coping?
1: Well, uh, lockdown has been horrible. I mean, uh, it's uh, training-wise, at least, um, because I haven't been doing him actually at all uh, the past year, uh, and it's not only because of the pandemic. But, uh, of course, it has been limiting the options. Um, I mean, um, in the beginning of uh, 2020, I had uh, like a great life where I could travel and I was at the FNAG and met you for the first time. And, uh, you know, um, things were were going great. And I had um, uh, a year before that. I got in a baby and felt like, okay, now my body is strong enough, so I can uh, do my thing again in HEMA. But then the pandemic came and we had the kind of not a total lockdown here in Sweden, but at least restrictions that made made it hard for, for us to fence. So so I couldn't do that and a few months in into the pandemic i got pregnant and uh, had the most horrible pregnancy <laughs> ever so i couldn't actually do any like physical activity so um, so it's been um, a very low-key training year for me um actually
0: because i know a few people who have had kids and then tried to get back into training um, what's that like?
1: Well, as I said, like in the beginning of 2020, my son, my first born son, was one year old, and I felt like now it's the time to get back. And then the pandemic kicked in, <laughs> so it was really not a good, good timing. But, but I mean, with my my first born uh, during his pregnancy and uh, and the first. Uh, year I could be active. I actually fenced uh, halfway through uh, or I competed halfway through the pregnancy and I, I was active uh, like climbing and fencing all throughout. So, so I, I felt really really good and uh, once he was born I took him to the, the fencing hall and to the wrestling and everything. So, so it, it was like um, I could, could be active. Now with the with my second son, the, the, of course, the pandemic had it, its part in it, but but also like the pregnancy, was so much worse. Like I couldn't get my heart rate up without throwing up, and I had so much pain in my body, like on, on the, the different parts, and and yeah, it was it's, it was just horrible. So now yeah. he's out, and I feel. Quite strong, so I think I could do, start doing like uh, Hema when when uh, it's appropriate to do it. Um,
0: yeah, so
1: I love that you were
0: fencing. I love that you were still fencing and doing all that sort of stuff when you were pregnant. That's insane. <laughs> like I can't even. Like I can't even fence if I've got a mild headache, you know. If i you know, I can't fence if I've stubbed my toe. I'm like, nah, I'm down. I'm not. Either. I can't fence anymore. So yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. That's.
1: But of course, you need to be adjusting to how you're feeling. I mean, with my second pregnancy, I wouldn't be able to have done it even without like uh, the pandemic so so it really depends on how you're feeling and uh, and also you need to be nevertheless adjusting to to how your body is like if you're nine months pregnant then you can't do certain things you can't even fit in your jacket so that limits like the possibilities <laughs> of doing uh, but but you can do it like sparring and, and exercising and stuff but, but it was great fun to be able to actually Go through the whole pregnancy and afterwards uh, uh, doing fencing, so I didn't miss that much. <laughs> yeah. but yeah, the pandemic was it was tough. I was really looking forward to like do my comeback and and kick into HEMA more like uh, more more again. And but yeah, we need to yeah. Later then. <laughs>
0: awesome.
1: Um, but um, there has been opportunities to, in my club, for example, to be able to fence. There has been like uh, outdoor trainings and uh, a bit of indoors as well, uh, depending on what restrictions we have had. Um, so, so people have been able to do a bit of fencing, but uh, unfortunately not for me.
0: You just uh, sitting there on the sidelines and just kind of you know, a single tear running down the cheeks, sort of thing, yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, it's been terrible. And I'm so glad that there has been at least people doing things online so I could have, like, participated and at least seen a bit of email there. But but no participation, like, physically for me.
0: I think... Um, Unfortunately. I just...
1: But maybe no. Mm.
0: Yeah because I, I, I was i was saying to uh, george who's the last person uh that i had on for the podcast and he's um he does martial arts studies um you know like on the social element but also the sort of history of it and things like that and one of the things that we were talking about is one of the great things about hema uh, is that you know if you are locked up if you're laid up at you know if you're laid up at home if you're ill if there's you know, a global pandemic, then you can start sort of like picking up books and studying. And one of the things that I like doing is like when you pick up on something and you're like, oh, you know what? I think people might have been doing that a little bit wrong, Um, just a little bit. and Maybe I've been doing it wrong as well. And like, you know, when I come back to class, I'm going to try and like tweak it and change it. So I have a very long list of things that I want to like try out with my students and see if they work. Um, and that's, you know, that's been pretty cool. I mean, I, like, I would like to be able to also train with lots of people as well, but, uh, yeah, so how did you get into HEMA anyway?
1: I got into HEMA in 2012, that's when I first started fencing, and I've always been with the the Gothenburg Historical Fencing School, which in, which is in Gothenburg here in Sweden. Um, I didn't Know about him. When growing up, I have never done like uh, larping or or that sort of thing. So uh, so fencing was really something something new. Where there in 2012, I got to take that. There's a club that does it in Gothenburg. And when I moved there, I decided that I should try it. And uh, what can I say? It was kind of love at first sight. Um, it was really, really interesting, actually, because I have never like been a person that has been physically active while I was younger, um, and uh, never competed in anything or or been a part of a club in that sense. That uh, as GHFS was so so, it was a whole new experience, and and I really felt that this is what I need and have needed kind of my whole life
0: yeah (laughs) it's really interesting that you said that you weren't competitive because uh you you were like one of the top ranking um women fencers in the world for a bit right
1: yeah Um,
0: that's true (laughs) yeah so i mean you probably still are i don't know like how the the rankings have changed because of COVID because like we haven't been able to have tournaments or anything like that. But um but I mean that's you know that's really cool. And I know that because you and I had a fight but it was with Sword and Buckler. Um and I remember because you smashed me in the face with your buckler and uh it was it was something that like I really appreciate being on the receiving end of a beating um so like in a you know not in a not in a weird way but like you know in a, in a, in a, oh, that's interesting you got me in the head how do you do that sort of thing um so that that was cool And um, i think because the last time we met was in ireland because that was the last uh tournament i did um mm, uh you know changed. slash workshop slash you know all of that sort of stuff so, um and you took gold in the uh in the women's right? Yeah? Yeah, that's right. Um and uh, yeah, that was a good fight. It was you know, it was really nice to to watch everybody. Do you know what's weird? I I think I've said this before on the on the podcast, but if I haven't, then you know, that's fine. I'll you know, if I have, I'll just repeat myself. That's okay. Um but uh when I watch the the women fencing, I find that it's usually a lot more technical than a lot of the a, a lot of the men fighting. Because lot I've I've fought a lot of guys who are basically treating the sword like a mallet and it's like a game of whack a mole. So it's just oberhau how, oberhau how, over how, very Zverkau, you know, and it's just these these kind of like attacks. And you know, this is not this is not everybody. Um, because I've fought people like Sam Gassman who are just really, you know, they're really sort of narrow in the way that they move and really sort of slick. But then, yeah, I get like I come across quite big guys, and it's just this one kind of motion. uh, And it's like, it's almost like the first, I don't know, the first to land the hit. And it it ends up looking like a little bit like Boo Hurt, which I've got nothing against Boo Hurt or Battle of the Nations. I think it's, you know, I think it's really athletic because they're wearing so much armor and they train a lot. But it's not why I got into HEMA. But then, like I said, I watched the the women fencing, and it's, you know, and, and there's a lot more. There's a lot more interplay between the bore and the knock, or you know, uh, offense and defense, or you know, the way in which they sort of move into measures. So it's really quite interesting.
1: Yeah, interesting that you mention it. Um, and I don't know really what it comes of. Like, I mean, of course, if we are talking in a competition setting, then there's a lot of pressure, and you know, it's a it's a really different set. Compared to your training setting, uh, and uh, that's uh, of course something some people like to do, like compete. Uh, for example, I know lots of people that doesn't like to compete, and they just go for the trainings and they get their thing out of um, the training. But people uh, like I was, I like to compete because I, I like that setting, I like that pressure, I liked um, what it did to my fencing and gave me a kind of um, Goal or uh, another a purpose uh, one one purpose at least uh, uh, with my training uh, but of course that pressure does uh, something to your fencing for example I don't think that or I guess that we are aiming for it but many of us can't perform like our best techniques at the uh, competitions because because it's so it's so hard it, it's it's uh, another force it's another speed it's um, another opponent that you never fenced before so so it's, it's really really tricky
0: yeah yeah no i know what you mean uh, i so because i'm on the fence with competitions you know sometimes i'm like that ah, you know um and it mm-hmm. it, it, it I come across people who are like, oh, I'm going to get that hand. I'm going to go come there. You know, and they'd sort of like they go for the hand side, or the, you know, the gasoline or whatever. And then they sort of run back to their corner. I'm like, yeah, OK, you know, cool. But then there are times where I fight, uh, you know, I fight other people and I'm having the absolute time of my life. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and that's great fun. And then that kind of like pulls me back into competitions a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'll do one more and then I'm going to and then I'm going to retire from competitions forever. You know? <laughs> And then, like, like I said, I'll have like a really, really one, really, really good fight. And I'm like, oh, OK, I'll do one more competition, like, you know, one more tournament, whatever. I'll do one more and that's fine. Um, so, yeah, it just keeps pulling me in. I, it's it's not the pressure. I don't mind the pressure. I think that's really I think that's a really interesting element to add to your fencing to make sure that it's, mm-hmm. you know, that it, it it's actually works. And I've said to some of my students. um, you know even if you're not into tournaments or whatever you should do just one you know even if it's like a like a beginners tournament or a novice tournament kind of thing just do one and if you don't like it that's cool and some of my students went to bucklethon and had a good time of it and others were like yeah it's you know it's fine but it's not for me um and i understand their reason because like uh, ben who i mentioned earlier said well you know i traveled all the way here I had five fights because that was his pool. Um, they were two minutes each. So he's like, so I basically traveled here to have 10 minutes worth of a fight. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I understand that. I, I was like, it's different if you, you know, it's different if you sort of have like a two day event where you could go off and like, you could pick somebody and go, oh, we had a really good fight in the tournament. Let's go do some sparring. Um, mm. Or yeah, you know, things like that. So like Fela agashka the Irish event is really good because it's, like three days, and one of those days is just you know workshops, uh, and you know inspiring and, and stuff like that. So that's that was pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, and your uh, your workshop in Ireland, which was about uh, shorter fences versus taller fences, um, that was really cool. I was uh, I, I really enjoyed that uh, because I can reverse engineer it. I can like you know I could go oh, ah yeah. okay <laughs> It was going both ways so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um yeah so i mean ha- how tall are you
1: um i only can say my height in centimeters if that's okay
0: yeah that's fine. so it's
1: 164 so what does it make in like i don't know
0: I'll have to convert well, it but yeah
1: well one- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like one, one meter, 64 centimeters.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, and I'm a little bit taller than that. Whatever mm. that, whatever that yeah. is in feet, because I can only do feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, Melissa, who you met, my wife, she's about like, mm. she's about a foot shorter than me. I'm, I'm around six foot four. She's around five mm. foot five, I want to say. Um, which I don't know what that is in centimeters or meters. Sorry, because I'm I'm British and we have to be awkward. But um, <laughs> yeah, um, but I think it was really useful for her uh, as well. Um, but for anybody who wasn't a Fely Nagashko, what would your advice be for shorter offences versus tall offenses? Oh, good question. Really good question. Um...
1: So the advice for shorter fencers is actually the same advice as for taller fencers. <laughs> um, and it's the, to know your art, to know your distance, and to know um, what you should do in, in a certain situation. And that's basically like advice for everything, which is really, really boring. <laughs> but What I mean with it is, of course, that... Um, at least I am from the Lichtenauer tradition, I studied, like the Ringek and the Derp-Rindek manuscript. And, and when going through those two, uh, what they really say is that uh, uh, the reach and the strength doesn't actually, uh, um, it doesn't mean that much, or of course it means something, uh, but it, it's, it's not the most important thing the most important thing is to know your feeling and your index it's it's the art like if you know your lines if you know how to cover it if you get the bind when you get that bind uh, the other things are even out in long short of course um, so so basically know your art <laughs> um, but of course I mean, if you are strong, if you are durable, if you are explosive, if you are uh, quick on your feet, if you are stable in your body, all that matters, of course, uh, because you get to be the best version of yourself. And, uh, and that, that is always something, but, uh, but fencing-wise, it's, it's really about, uh, about the art and in, in the bind. As long as you get the bind, you're good.
0: Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. I the, I don't think there's any advice that, because I do predominantly Fiore, um, and there doesn't seem to be much advice uh, from Fiore uh, against bigger, stronger opponents. There's the colpo di villano, which is like, ah, oh, this is how you deal with somebody who's just coming in with a peasant strike and, you know, and and... and like basically treating the sword like a, a sledgehammer kind of thing. And you're just like, ha ha. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and and it's almost like that whole, you know, uh, the whole use your opponent's strength against them, which is kind of neat, but it doesn't talk necessarily about, it does talk about the bind, but it, it talks about it in like sort of different, uh you know, the point to point, then the, the middle of the sword to the middle of the sword, and then the strong to strong, which is, you know, not really, you know, you don't want to be there. But one of the things that I, I think is great, and it's that whole yay science thing, is when you get, you know, when you get the opponents weak against your strong, and it doesn't matter how strong you are, or really even how much effort you put in. I've got a little uh, letter opener here, I'll, I'll demonstrate with that. When you get the um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, when you get like the, the weak of their sword to so your strong like that, like I can literally just, I, I could hold that all day, you know. Um, And I could be up against, you know, somebody who's way bigger than me, way stronger than me. Um, Mm. And I think that's I think that's great about the about swords and why they're an equalizer, Um, Mm you know, because I've said this a lot, but some of the worst beatings I've ever had uh, were from Mm. fencers who were like like a foot shorter than me or or like, I don't know, a hundred centimeters i don't know how, how much is a foot <laughs> <laughs> you know um, a hundred
1: is maybe a toddler so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know i've got nephews and they 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 can kick pretty hard so you know um and i can't kick them back because they're too young i'm like oh okay i'll just take that i guess um <laughs> actually right i i might have mentioned this before but like uh one of my nephews he's like 10 now Uh, He does capoeira and um, like he kicks pretty hard because he's like, he's been doing capoeira for years. And at one point he kicked me in the leg and it hurt quite a bit, right? Because we were play fighting and he was getting quite aggressive. So he like kicked me in the leg and I was like, ah, that hurt. But I didn't show him that it hurt. And he did this thing with his face when I know he's getting like quite, like quite angry, quite aggressive. He's like, You know, his bottom jaw starts (laughs) jutting out and he's baring his teeth. And I knew he was going to kick me again. So he goes to kick me again, and I checked it with my shin, right? So he just kicked me in the shin, and he was like, ah! And he falls down on the <laughs> ground. He's crying. His mother comes in, and she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm, I'm just teaching him a lesson. It's fine, which doesn't look good or sound good, but they kick hard, man. They kick really hard. Yeah. So, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. I think that's like the 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 swords as equalizers, and uh, you know, and and like you said, those kind of like lines um, of entry and stuff. That's that really is an equalizer, and probably one of the ways that HEMA is uh, a little bit different to like other martial arts, like other hand-to-hand martial arts. Um, so yeah, how? So th- this is actually something I was thinking a lot about uh, recently. Um, how would you say HEMA is different to other martial arts?
1: Um, of course, I haven't trained any other kind of martial arts before. I have tried a bit of karate when I was younger. Uh, so that's basically my martial arts experience. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a lot. Um, but of course, I'm have. I I'm a fencer, but I'm also a wrestler. I do a lot of ring um so, so that's uh, something uh, of course uh, you can compare it to like uh, hand-on-hand combat or, or like close combat to compared to to the sword play and, and that's uh, there's of course a difference. And uh, I mean in ring and there's weight classes for a reason. Of course there are like styles that don't have weight classes and stuff too, but but I mean there the strength and the height and everything is is uh, not equalized. Uh, as with the sword. Uh, and yeah. so there it actually does make a difference. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I don't have any any other kind of martial arts experience besides HEMA, so it's a bit tricky to compare.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's going to be maybe a question I start asking people that I get on because it, it's something I've been mm-hmm. thinking a lot about, especially during lockdown. Um, and being, you know, being mm. on these different sort of Hema groups and seeing their reaction to certain, oh. certain like ideas and stuff that I'm like, oh, okay, that's, you know, that's mm. that's interesting.
1: No, but what I like like about the Hema is, like, um, it's not only the the physical aspect, the training aspect of it, but but that it's actually as diverse as it is. It is, you can do it like for just training and getting physically stronger. You can do it for the community or for the club that you are in, finding friends and stuff like that. You can do it for the competition part if you want to like straight forward and, and get these points from there. And, and you can do it also for other reasons. Me, for example, I, because the club is like, uh, um, owned by its members, it's not a company, it's like, uh, you know what I mean. Uh, so there's a board and you get a chance to be a board member. And I mean, there's lots of different things that you can get from him what you maybe don't expect that you would get from uh, from the start. I would, for example, never have thought that uh, when I started in 2012 that within this. 10-year period I would give workshops I would be top ranked for the for a long time I would be like competing in something that there was nothing I would ever never ever have like dreamt of or being an instructor speaking in front of uh, large groups that was the worst nightmare and nothing that I like Saw myself in uh, back in 2012. I was like, okay, this is cool. This is a cool sport. I will try to uh, to fence with swords because it sounds like fun, and I've never done it before. And and from there, it just escalated and became lots of other things as well. So so that's probably something that I like about him. And, and I don't know if it's something that other Martial arts have. I hope it does, but but if not, then they're missing out.
0: Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think you're right. I think that they I think it depends on the club that you go to, and you know, I, I was talking to uh, a student of mine, uh, Mike, because uh, on Saturday we went up to the forest and we like we had an, a one-on-one um, fencing session because I'm allowed to do those now. Um or at least I've read the I've read the the British regulations and it doesn't say I can't, so that's what I'm going with. Um uh, no, I, I I think I'm okay. I think I'm all right to do that. But uh, uh yeah, basically we, we met up and we were having some uh you know, we were chatting about you know Hemer and different clubs and martial arts because he's got um he's got a martial arts background. Uh so he did Kali, he did boxing, um And so we were sort of comparing our backgrounds and stuff. And, you know, I was talking about, I remember like uh, being in a club, in a Kung Fu club where I went up to pay the teacher and he wouldn't even look me in the eye because I was like, you know, I was like, I'd only just arrived. I was like, you're nothing. You haven't even earned a belt yet. And I'm like, well, I've got a belt. I brought it from home. It's made out of leather, you know, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, And I get, you know, I get uh, grading. you know, the grading system, like moving up in belts, I think it's a fantastic thing. And I think that, you know, it, it gives people, you know, if you're not interested in competitions, but you want to measure your progress, I think it's a really good thing to have. Um, but at the time, I was just, you know, I'm just joined up to sort of mess around and maybe socialize and sort of uh, things like that. But yeah, it was just this kind of weird thing. And then they had this, you know, this quite narrow um approach uh, at least in this club i'm not you know i'm not saying this for martial arts in general but they have this really narrow approach to how you did things so you know if you threw a punch it was like you know you get the instructor coming over and he'd adjust your fist by like you know a few millimeters um. that way and he's like no 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 it's not like this it's like this and i'm like does it really make a difference like you know if i'm uh you know if i'm doing uh, you know if i'm doing the thing. Um, And somebody's attacking me and I throw a punch or you know I try to cover up or whatever does it make a difference if my you know if my fist is rotated like ever so slightly Mm -hmm. but in other you know in other places like uh, if you go to like mixed martial arts classes I think because they're trying to take aspects of what works from every martial arts so like you know Brazilian Mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu they do a lot of that they bring that in um and then mm-hmm. you know and then obviously uh striking, white eye, all that sort of stuff. I think that's more kind of branching out, uh doing different things, trying it out, you know, and, and that would be more HEMA. Um and uh, you know, the MMA stuff that I've done, uh very little. I haven't done a huge amount, and I wouldn't I wouldn't profess to know uh, you know, I, w- I would not profess to be like a pro- like you know a professional or good at it or anything um i probably get my ass <laughs> kicked by you know uh, everybody but um it, it's one of those things where they had quite a nice social unit you know um with at, at least again and that's the the mma and uh, that sort of stuff that i've experienced um but i guess it's like different clubs different you know different different martial arts will have different approaches um but oh. yeah the, the social side of things is is really good the, the ability to study different things is really good um, what I was gonna say is with uh, with ringen in uh, Pure system it's um, uh, Abrazzare, that you know the grappling stuff I think that's mm. I think that's great uh, to teach you how to fence as well because it's that core strength and that movement uh, and you know and that sort of stuff and I had uh, sue Kirk on um, mm. on like the Before George so I had George on last and then before George I had Sue Kirk on and we were talking about you Mm -hmm. know that height difference stuff when it comes to grappling and and things like that and yeah I think Mm. you still get you know uh, shorter smaller fighters who will just throw you know bigger like bigger opponents down to the ground and really show them what for it's just I guess harder I suppose harder to do I don't
1: know. Um, I think it's basically as with, I mean, fencers that are only relying on their strength, but not in the art. They, they are quite easy to to take along, and I think it's the same with like people that doesn't know uh, ringing or wrestling, uh, but tries to do it anyway. Because uh, there's of course lines and like things you can look for there uh, at least. But I mean, if you are equal. Um, if you know equally much about the art in, in Ringen and, and then there's a strength or uh, like height. I, I don't know if height does that much, but at least like the strength or, or a difference in mass, then it does more than, than compared to, to the sword. But I agree with you totally that it's really, really good to, to teach uh, the wrestling part as well for for fencers because I mean, in most um, manuscripts, there are distances where you need to uh, go to wrestling because there's nothing else to do. And uh, as you said before, you got the worst beatings from people that were shorter than you. I think that my worst beatings were from people that did exactly what they were supposed to do and I didn't in that situation. (laughs) So I think it's kind of that sort of thing that I, you know, there came a stimuli that I needed to react to and I did but it was definitely the wrong reaction like I was in the wrong distance I should have gone to like wrestling but I tried to move my sword I should have moved my sword when I were supposed to do something else and so on so I, I think that's when I really have analyzed it. Fight before it's always like down to that, but no i was too slow i did the wrong wrong thing thing in
0: it i think that i've done exactly that i've gone to do something um and and it usually comes from fighting the same person too often um so there's mm-hmm. a guy that i train with kian he's my best friend and we we train a lot um and so yeah, there are times where because I'm fighting him, and you know, maybe he's got like a, a feint that he quite likes, and so I like, ah, I know you're not going for that, you know, uh, for that overhand. <laughs> I know you're not going for that. You're coming over here, kind of thing. And I'm like, and so somebody will go for an overhand or mandarito fendente towards the, the shoulder, basically an, an overstrike or, or a high strike uh, mm-hmm. towards my shoulder. And I'm just like, and I don't even bother blocking it because I think, ah, he's just going to, you know, he's going to faint. So I go the wrong way and they hit me and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot what it's like to fight other people who <laughs> do other things, you know. So, yeah, um, that usually catches me out quite a bit. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I recognize that as well. You get too lazy, like I should do this, but I know that you won't do that, and it's like fine line between knowing your opponent and like reading it as a fight. So yeah, I really, really know what you mean.
0: <laughs> there's a uh, there's a guy as well. His name's Sam Aykroyd. right? Um, he's part of the Academy of Historical Fencing, and I love this guy. He's a little bit taller than me and he's also left-handed and a very very good fencer right so i mm. like sometimes i'm fighting and because i'm tall i'll get a bit cocky and i'll just lean out of the way of a sword um you know and i'll just like and i'll let the sword go by and then i'll come in because i've got like really long legs so i'm just sort of doing a like a volta servila mm. or i'm doing something like that and against other people it works mm. but then i fight this guy sam who's both really tall and competent and he's coming from an angle because he's left-handed he's coming from an angle that i don't even see coming right and so i'll lean back and he covers about you know 15 meters in one step and then just takes my head off and i'm like oh yeah i forget you know um i forget what it's like fighting you because i only get to fight him like three four times a year um so yeah that's that's always interesting it's a bit of an eye-opener i'm like oh shit you know but, uh, and yeah. that's
1: the scariest part of uh, of like going to competitions, especially with people that you don't usually fence against, because then it's so unexpected, and then you need to kind of stay focused on like what is actually going on in this fight. How am I going? Uh, where where is the openings? Both for me and my partner, where is my distance? When can I reach my partner or opponent? And like, where am I covered and not? And, And I think that when i'm home training that's not always something that i focus on as much and of course i can forget it as well in, in the competitions but in the competitions that i've done really well in it's like when i have maintained that focus okay what is this what what is fencing really about well it gets very existential that <laughs> what is it really about and uh, how am i the quickest one to actually reach you and uh, and how am i staying covered in every situation like no dumpling.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's like that's another benefit uh, I I think of tournaments is that your mindset is it's a bit different because you you for, <coughs> it's you and your opponent and the people who are watching you uh, you know whatever's going on in the background that just kind of like disappears. And it's just you and your mm. opponent and, you know, and the boundaries of the piece or the arena, whatever you want to call it, that that's your whole world, you know, for uh, for like two, three minutes. That's that's your entire world. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. always it's that's always good fun. I've had a few fights with people um, where I was, just, you know, I was really focusing on it. Pedro San Miguel is one of them. Um, I, I talk about him a lot. I've talked about him like maybe every other week I mention him because he's <laughs> so fast. And if you, you know, and if you sort of like lose focus for just a second, you know, if you're like, you know, mm. uh, you think you start overthinking or overanalyzing or, you, you know, or whatever, he will, he'll be on you. And then you, the point of his sword is in mm. your face and you're like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and that's, <laughs> um, that's really cool. Uh, I, I wonder how competitions will look after COVID. Like how they what, what what do you think tournaments are gonna to look like after COVID?
1: I don't know. That's a very interesting question, but I would love to go to that kind of tournament tournament as like uh, or FNAG, I don't know how, if I pronounce it right, but like where you both get the competition part, but also the social part, because that's uh, at least what I'm longing for uh, as much, <laughs> the social part, like meeting people again, getting to spar with them, getting to go to great workshops, like, oh, I really, really long for for that part. <laughs> Yeah. So, hopefully, a bit of both, like not only competition events, but the competition and social events.
0: Yeah, yeah, same. Um, I'm sort of uh, looking forward to the AHF, have talked about uh, the Academy of Historical Fencing, the, the Thomas brothers, um, Nick Thomas, Mike Thomas, they're good friends of mine, and they've been talking about running an event this year. And it'll just be a sparring event. And I'm like, I'm really like looking forward to fighting new people. I don't know that one, I don't know if I'll be able to just like pick one person and say, let's fight. I might just like, I might go, I might go in and say, right, I just want to fight five exchanges, but with everybody, you know, so that I get as much variety <laughs> as possible. Um, so yeah, I, I just, um, it's that. Like, like I said, the tournament things, yeah, if we can get that, that'd be great. But, you know, again, with tournaments, even if you get out of your pool, um, you, you're usually only fighting maybe like one third of the people that are there. Um, you know, and I'd like, like I said, I'd just like to get as much variety as possible with any weapon, you know, like long sword, hand to hand. I don't know, a mm. half a brick in a plastic bag, whatever. Let's just go. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. But I think
1: uh, many of us are probably longing for that. So maybe more like having having fun and meeting people while sparring rather than like, let's get to the competition part. Or I don't know, maybe there are
0: both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think maybe. Um, I, you know, I think for me it's, yeah, I, I'd be happy with either. If it's a sparring day, great. If it's, uh, you know, if it's... A, a, a tournament like a small tournament I guess it would have to be a small tournament um I don't know how people would feel about you know wearing masks under the mask and then obviously you know that you've got the judges they'll have to wear masks as well probably um, mm. until you know until mm. we're told that we don't have to um, mm. and yeah I'm not I'm not too sure. Like how it would look because I've tried fencing with, um, with a, you know, with a mask under my mask. Yeah. Like exhausting. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was really tight because, you know, it gets very hot under the mask anyway, under a fencing mask. anyway uh-huh. And there are times where I've been fencing against somebody, you know, um, Michael Smallridge. He exhausts me just because he's like, there's a sort of intensity to the way that he fights. And it's this kind of like, you know he's all there, there's a constant pressure not because he's like swinging the sword wildly but he's just kind of moving slowly slowly towards you and you know you can't you can't let that pressure go so once you come into the bind that's it you're not leaving that bind at all mm, you know mm. and that, and it's like <laughs> it's really tiring you know and so if you're under the mask mm, as well mm. I'm just like jesus you know i just can't get <laughs> enough air in my lungs um, and yeah, uh, and especially coming out of lockdown, like the first fight I had coming out of lockdown, I I, I was there, mm. I fought maybe 30 seconds. And then the point of my sword mm. was on the floor and I'm like, oh God, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm vision swimming, you know? Because um, there's nothing, there's no kind of exercise other than sparring that really prepares you for sparring other than sparring, mm.
1: you know?
0: Um, I agree. Yeah, so that that was the thing for me. I was just like, it's that burst energy thing, you know, and like, um, sort of one minute it's nice and slow, and you're tracking your opponent, or you're moving into into measure, and then the next it's like, duh, 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 and then you back off, and then you're like, oh my god, my heart, you know, I'm gonna die. <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know how it'll be. Um, like I said, probably smaller yeah. tournaments at first,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like more local. Probably.
1: But it, yeah, it's interesting that you say, say it because uh, as you say, there's like uh, doing lots of tournaments prepares you for tournaments as well. I mean, you get good at what you do. So if you do lots of tournaments, then you get good at doing tournaments. And if you're doing lots of sparring, you get good at sparring. <laughs> um, But I mean, now in lockdown, uh, there hasn't been any tournaments. There hasn't been anything like that. So the question is, what kind of tournaments will it be then Um, and I I don't know for each fencer it really needs to come down to like what is my purpose of going somewhere of course and even before lockdown it's like as you say you might be able to get out of your pool but that's like a small amount of all of the fences there are you there to fence people or or are you there to like uh, do the competition part like I often hear that people are like disappointed or didn't get um, out what they wanted from the tournament. And and at those times, I, I wonder like, what what did you go there for? Like, did you get out what you were expecting to get out? So those kinds of things that might be useful to at least have thought about before for maybe going to a tournament or an event like that.
0: What, what do I want to do that's that's a really that's a really good um point actually and I think that almost you could like write down one thing you know um like write it down on a piece of paper I'm going to the tournament too and then your purpose for going there you know and then at the end of the tournament if you look at that piece of paper and say okay I did this I achieved this um then then yeah that's great because I know a lot of people who, Mm -hmm. uh, who put like a lot of pressure on themselves, they got to win medals. But the thing is there, you know, there are times when, you know, you come out of your pool or like, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to win a tournament that I didn't feel like, like if I looked around, I'm like, actually, I'm not the best fencer here, you know? Um, And there have been occasions where, uh I've looked around and I thought, you know what, I'm not the best fencer here, but I went further in the competition. Um, you know, and maybe it's dumb luck, because sometimes you go, you know, and this isn't disrespect to anybody, but sometimes you go into a pool and you look around and you're like, yeah, I'm walking out of this pool. Um, you know, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just mean that you've got, you know, you've got like there's you and then there's four people who've never picked up a sword before. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to walk out of this pool. And then I've been in other pools. Um, in in 2019, when I was in Gashka. I looked at my pool, and I was like, everybody in that pool was a Titan. I was like, oh man, I'm going to get (laughs) the shit kicked out of me. But um, it was, it was a great fight. Like I had so much fun in that pool. I managed to get out. Um, and I think. I don't know how, like, it's all a blur now. But I managed to get out of my pool. I managed to move on to the next part. But it was such a hard fight. Um, Mm. And then, yeah. And so, like, sometimes it's the luck of the draw. And you go further than somebody who you sometimes feel should probably have maybe done better than you. And I wouldn't wouldn't feel good about myself. Like, I've won medals. That's fine. But, like, I wouldn't feel good about myself if I won a medal. And I, I felt, actually, this guy did better than me. He or she deserves that more. Um, yeah. I, think I really key. can
1: understand that feeling. Of course, like I feel that you are a better fan, so you should have succeeded. But at the same time, I mean, what is the competition about? It's, it's like you are going into a ring. There are um, some amount of people that are judging you, and they can be on certain experience level you never know and uh, and they are going to do the judging and then you have the the set of rules which can vary from competition to competition and every set of rule kind of promotes uh, a certain type of fencing Uh, so so there are lots of factors that you you can't like control uh, more than more than you do, you can know of them and then try to adjust your fencing to it. If it is your goal to like win the medal, then you need to know the rule setting and and like how the judging will be done. Um, but uh, also like uh, your opponents is another uh, sort of factor that needs to be done. They might have a bad day, or they might have a really good day, or you might have a bad day, or you might really have a good day. So I mean. Progression by like um, um, measuring your progression by like, did I get out of my pool? Is really, really hard to measure between competitions because it, there's so many variables of it. So I understand that people are like getting much uh, reading much into it, but, but maybe that's not the best way to like measure it because what does it actually say about your fencing? Like yes. yes, you could fence by the rules, and you get judges that could see most of your hits, maybe, and then you get out. But but that's maybe not always the case, and you have fought exactly as you did in a in a competition where you actually might have won. Uh, so yeah, so it's really 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 different between competitions, and I don't say that one competition is better than the other, I really like the feeling that that you change rules, so you don't get stuck with one way of fencing. If you are a, a person that wants to go to competitions or or one um, way of uh, judging, like uh, if you have two judges or if you have five judges, it's really good, I think, to to get the diversity, or I at least appreciate it, and, uh, and also to to be able to test my fencing in different rule settings, like uh, to the first uh, strike, or um, in this competition we can only do thrusts, or we can't do any thrusts, or like that kind of thing. These things are, are really, really a fun way to to experiment also with the fencing in under that that pressure.
0: Yeah, yeah, i agree. I I like I like more informal settings for. Um, you know, four tournaments because I was talking to Keith Farrell. And this was like the mm. first first podcast I did and we were talking about a, a, a tournament that he did, I think it was in Scotland and it was uh, he was given a warning for influencing influencing the judges um, because he saluted his opponent because his opponent got a really nice hit on him. So he's like, oh, that was good right? And he, he, he was like, oh, you know, you're not allowed to do that. I thought, oh, no, I don't like that. Because, you know, if you're there to sort of study, and also, like, you know, you want to learn from your opponent as well. Like, if your opponent does something, you know, like, they, they've, they've, they've got their Zverek and they do it in a particular way, and it's different to the way you do it, then you want to sort of, like, you want to pick that up. But if you can't almost register that, you know, if you can't sort of salute your opponent and compliment them and like register it it I don't know I feel I feel like that I, I'd miss a trick there so you're not allowed to talk to the judges and say oh he got me or anything like that um I don't know how I feel I understand why people do competitions like that but I don't you know I don't like it personally
1: yeah and I agree I mean uh, it's good if if the competition then has a Says it clearly, like uh, that we are here to do this. This is the the reason why we do this competition and and so on. But, but I really do enjoy those uh, sort of competitions, uh, as you say, where you can actually salute your your opponent for for a good uh, good hit or or something that uh, the judges might have missed. Because we're we are a sport where all still are learning. Uh, there are no professional HEMA athletes that get paid for for doing tournaments, and there are no like, I mean, judges or everyone is doing it voluntarily, and uh, and we are all learning. So so it needs to be to uh, this kind of environment where where we are allowed to like uh, learn from each other and give each other credit and and uh, like learn together. So so re- uh, yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, friendly what, what did you call it like friendly tournament
0: informal yeah i well friendly as well if, <coughs> yeah. but you know because mm-hmm. that's the thing I for me it's habit because I've spent you know I've spent the last two two and a half years teaching so whenever a student lands a hit on me or, or whenever anybody lands a hit on me um I usually shout like nice or oh very good or something like that you know because I appreciate I appreciate what they've done um you know and for me like you know my my best Hema moments are kind of like when uh, a student or somebody I've taught pulls off you know they achieve something that I've taught them when they do that I'm so happy um so yeah you know that's that's for me worth uh you know worth like more than any any gold medal any anything like that they they're great but that's personal glory you know and i'm all for personal glory yeah why not you know <laughs> but like in, in, like in the bigger you know in the bigger scheme of things like that that for me is like what I'm there for um So I think if if I went to one of these tournaments, one of these really formal tournaments where you're not allowed to talk to the judges, you're not allowed to salute your opponent when they do you well, I I would suck because, you know, my opponent would do something like put a thrust into my shoulder or my face or whatever, and I'd be like, oh, that was lovely. And like, you know, they'd be warning, warning. "Ah, Sorry, you know. Um, But yeah, one of the other things is that I swear at myself a lot. If I screw something up, I'm like, ah, come on, Jordan dumbass so you know um it's like, if i'm doing that i don't know how it's gonna go down you know like i said the best moments for me are when i i uh, get a student to pull something off that i have taught them what, what are your best HEMA moments
1: oh this is such a tough question there are so many good moments and and nothing that is like the best um, of course, I was really, really glad when I won swordfish and and uh, I, like won lots of tournaments. Of course, but but uh, that's actually not probably the best moments of my life. Like in my life, uh, the best have been when when I get into a really good discussion or a sparring session with a person that I really can learn from or interchange like. Um, techniques or or um, or things uh, like uh, thoughts with um, those are probably the best or or when the community have come t- together and given me some sort of. <sighs> realization of like a greater realization do you know what i mean like not maybe we might be talking about him we might be talking about fencing we might be talking about like ringer or derringer or lichtenauer or fjörer or whatever but it translates to life in general are you with me on that part? yeah yes. <laughs> that's those are probably <laughs> my best human moments when i have uh, experience that with uh, with lots of great people from all around the world
0: yeah i think um i think i know what you mean because i've had you know i've had moments with um large groups of hemers where it's just like yeah this is you know it's like great unifier um you know i, I haven't had i'm quite lucky because i haven't had many bad hemer moments um you know, I've had like moments where I've been a little bit disappointed in something or I've been, a, you know, I've been sort of uh, let down by. Normally it's by myself. You know, I'm like a, I'm a little bit let down by myself because like I didn't fight as well as I was hoping to. Or, you know, um, I wanted to demonstrate something like the worst one. The worst one for me is whenever I do like a talk or a workshop or something like that and I'll like I've done it where I'm driving home and I'm like ah oh, shit I didn't mention this you know I didn't talk about this and it's like a big thing you know um and like I'll turn to Melissa and I'm like we, we gotta turn the car around we gotta go back so you know um but yeah it, it's 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 been good um so swordfish um you you know how how would you describe swordfish like was it good fun was it you know was it really stressful like what was that like well
1: i have had the advantage to go to several swordfish of course because uh, it's been arranged by my club in my town (laughs) so so it's i've been to several months Uh, i won it once and i got third place uh, another time um uh, but Swordfish uh, is basically a large HEMA event where you get like high-level tournaments and um, workshops. So it's uh, one of those events uh, that we both talked about earlier, where you get a bit of both. Um, of course, it's uh, it's quite quite big, so it can be a bit stressful if you are there to do uh, several tournaments, then you don't have any time to do anything else because uh, the tournaments are long. There are lots of people in it and and so on so if you want to do uh, tournaments and workshops I would recommend you to maybe focus on one tournament in one one weapon and and then the rest of workshops Um, but if you don't want to do uh, the tournament bit then it's really a great event to get lots of workshops and lots of sparring in so, um, so it's it's a quite diverse uh, event, I would say, and uh, and always a, a great fun to go to.
0: Yeah, um, I haven't been to one yet. I was planning on going to one, like either like either this year or next year, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, then COVID. Um, <clears throat> yeah, which is, you know, which is something that I've been saying a lot recently. Like oh, I was going to do this, and then covid and nothing so yeah um I'm, you know because i do uh, viking reenactment as well and i think you know um, there are like lots of different events that i, I kind of want to take part in not just not just in HEMA, not just in like historical reenactment but also just in martial arts in general um you know there are certain workshops i want to go to and then it's like yeah and then this happens but i think if i went to swordfish uh first of all it's if i'm correct it's only the top 100 seeded that can take part in certain competitions is that right or is that, is that oh
1: yeah it's been uh, in the open long sword tournaments it's been the top uh, 100 according to him or i think
0: yeah yeah um so i i think the the highest i've ever been in HEMA rating is maybe in the top 200 at one point. I think I was there for maybe five minutes and then somebody replaced me, you know, and that was fine. Um, because I don't, I, the, 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 the trouble is that I don't take part in competitions very often. And two of the competitions in which I did really well, um, one was quite funny because it was uh, failing Nagashka in twenty nine no 20 yeah 2019 uh i managed to take like uh i was like gold in Sword and sort of buckler and bronze and longsword and then i think i managed to get bronze and saber as well which is really weird because it's not a weapon i'm very good with um i just think like i just kind of whoa you know i think i jack sparrowed my way through that competition and then um know <laughs> yeah, uh and and uh and then Neil kind of went, ah, you know, you know, the guy who organises it. He's like, ah, I lost all the data, sorry. And I was like, okay, cool, because um, it, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't bother me too much. But then there was like two other competitions in which I did quite well, and they they don't do the HEMA rating thing either. So the highest I've ever gotten is like top two hundred, and that's fine by me. I will get into the top one hundred at some point, just so that I can take part in Swordfish and get eliminated, probably immediately. But that's fine, uh, that's okay with me. Um, but then, yeah, I'd love to take part in some of the workshops there because you've had uh, you've had uh, Mike Edelson doing some stuff there. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I did. Uh, so he and Tristan, who his who's his right hand man, I can never say his last name um uh tristan's uh, yeah i'm not gonna try it but um i did a workshop with them in rome <laughs> and uh, that was really good fun so i'd like to sort of take another one of their workshops um if you know uh, and like loads of other people as well uh that, that have turned up to sort of like recognize their names and be like oh i want to get you know i want to do mm. um you know i want to do a workshop with them and uh that'd be great Mm. so yeah it's it's mm. something that hopefully maybe next year oh that would be so much fun
1: and uh, also like um, if you think about swordfish back in when it started and what is now it's really really different so as with every uh, event uh, they are evolving and i mean in beginning swordfish was one of the like um or there was, wasn't too many tournaments. There wasn't too many events, and Sorbish was one of them. So I I think that uh, it's it's gotten uh, gotten a name, and it gets as it is as big as it is um, just because of it started early and and uh, had this vision of of being this uh, big kick-ass tournament and workshop and sparring event. Uh, but of course, everything is evolving. So swordfish from one year to another might not be looking exactly the same, of course. And uh, and nowadays we have so many more tournaments to go to. So so there's lots of variety and other events that doesn't maybe focus on on uh, on the tournament but more on specific like uh, workshops. Uh, uh, there can be specific saber events or or like rapier events and stuff like that. We didn't have that like what seven years ago, <laughs> or I didn't know any. Yeah. Actually, so. yeah. So, so I think it's great that we have a variety that we don't all need to go to swordfish for for some reason because that is the only event and and can more think of like what do I want to get out of my travel and and what do I want to get out of this event. Yeah, but yeah, you should still come to Gothenburg. I would <laughs> like to see you again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. I'd love that. Do um, you know the weird thing? What the the weird thing is, I've been to Gothenburg, but it was before I did Hema. Um, so you know, uh, i oh. like if I'd known, I would have definitely been like, oh, I'll go to Swordfish and say, pop. <laughs> you know, or like, or just, or just come to the club and like, you know, uh, just kind of poke my head in it and be like, "Hey, could I?" You know can I join in but um yeah it's it's one of those things where I was I can't even remember when I was there it was when I came back from yeah it was when I came back from Kazakhstan so that was about six no yeah about six years ago um so I my mother was actually living in Sweden at the time she was living in Yongshoping am I saying that right hmm? young yeah yeah <laughs> um, so yeah because the first time I tried saying it it was like jong dong and it sounded like something you know in like, China or Hong Kong or something and um, yeah uh, <laughs> so it was really hard to get places in a taxi for me but yeah I went to um, Gothenburg um we were there a few days I think um, so yeah I'm, I'm annoyed <laughs> I annoyed that the time didn't like line up. <laughs> um because like maybe about six months later i started hema um so yeah uh that, that was uh that was the annoying thing but yeah i'd love to come back i'd love to come back and just uh you know uh and, and see you guys and take part um i think that'd be really good fun and melissa would definitely like to do it because we could twin it with you know traveling around sweden because we want to go back um and you know and have Mm. as well so that'd be that'd be fantastic yeah
1: you're welcome anytime just (laughs) say
0: excellent um so where can people find you and your club online and also swordfish if they want to find out details about swordfish Uh,
1: the easiest way to find the information about the club and uh, also about swordfish which is probably go to uh, the website of GHFS and it's like ghfs.se. It might be in Swedish, but you could probably translate it as well, the website. Um, Swordfish has its own Facebook uh, page. um, If you want to know specifically something about swordfish, Uh, if you want to follow something from my personal fencing life, you can find me on Instagram on Julia Warrior Mama. Uh, so, so probably there.
0: I like uh, I love the name by the way. That's great. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
0: just one quick question because I want to get it right. Um, how do I pronounce your last mm-hmm. name?
1: It's pronounced Uli Hukka, and it's a Finnish uh, last name. So, so I am Finnish, uh, okay. but I do live in Sweden. I have lived there for over half of my life, so.
0: All right. No, that's grand. I just wanted to get, like, for me, it's a thing of respect to try and get people's last names right, because I had, um, you you know, uh, the Cork Blade Masters. I had uh, Andrei Mm -hmm. Rosushki. and I I actually... when when we finished the podcast, I'd forgotten to ask how to pronounce his last name. So I had to go on, like, Google and find, like, a, a website that had the pronunciation. And then I spent about <laughs> five, ten minutes going, like, okay, r- r- uh, rozushki, r- rozushki, ro- you know, over and over again. And I'm probably <laughs> saying it wrong now, but I, I think I said it right for the podcast. So at least he didn't get in touch with me to say you were nowhere close so as long as i get <laughs> as long as i can attempt to get it to get it right um, i'm i'm happy you know um, so yeah i think it's because when i lived you know when i lived in kazakhstan and then in italy if i said like if i said mm. something wrong people would just you know mm. uh, like if i said Forenze, right they'd be like what are you on about like i don't say mm. Florence, you know, and you've got to say it with the correct, you know, sort of hand gestures and the, you know, all the other stuff. So yeah. Um. And if you'd like to find out more about historical European martial arts, visit www.academyofsteel.com. Or if you have any questions, shoot them over to me at info@academyofsteel.com. At or you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and now. The living nightmare that is TikTok.